There's a snap. There's a kick. It is up. It is. No good. No one missed. I think we got a heck of a shot of winning. We beat anybody in the world, and I think we're going to win next Sunday. Eli Manning stays on his feet. Airs it out down the field. It is caught by Tyree. For all you non-believers, disrespect us. Talk crap about the defense like we ain't the third best defense in the league. See you in Pittsburgh. Can't wait. Fitzpatrick. And so, Eric Decker holds it in. The Jets win in overtime. And the New York Giants, given the last rights by many in December, are the Super Bowl champs in February. This is NFL Friday. Going long on all news, reaction, and game picks for the Giants, Jets, and across the NFL on WFUV Sports. Welcome into another edition of NFL Friday, WFUV Sports' exclusive football podcast. Pleased to be joined by Will Talent and Owen Kelty today as we get into everything as we hit week 16 of the NFL season. We're right around the corner for playoff time as the season winds down. All the playoff races are heating up. We get to talk about MVP watch at this point in the year. It's a really intense race. But before we get into that, Will, Owen, winter break has started, so we're out of school, so we're not in person to do this, but still have the pleasure of talking to you guys today. What's up? How's break been so far, guys? Uh, man, break's been pretty good to start. Just nice to not have to go to class and you know do a whole bunch of work. And now I can just actually sit back and relax and talk football and not have to, you know, kind of rush out and be like, oh, I have like five hours of homework I have to do after this 45-minute podcast. So that's really nice. We can just kind of be relaxed and talk about the stretch run of the NFL season. Yeah, it feels good being home and not having to worry about assignments anymore you know that anticipation of getting your final grades back kind of isn't a fun time right now but other than that it's been a really good just being home and not having to worry about school anymore and watching football it is nice isn't it and there's a whole like slate this weekend of just game games every single day saturday there's two games sunday there's a bunch of games and then monday on christmas day we got three games including the giants they play we'll get into them a little bit later but Let's start with the talk of the town right now and the whole media frenzy of Aaron Rodgers. Looks like it's finally going to be put to bed as Aaron Rodgers was hyping up that he had a chance to return. And I guess if it made sense for him to return, he could have. But now after a 30 to nothing loss last week, the Jets, they have been eliminated from playoff contention. So Aaron Rodgers this week officially has decided he's not going to play. Robert Sala said he's not going to play this year, and they're still activating him on the active roster so he can practice. So he's still taking up a roster spot, which is a little strange, but we finally get to the conclusion that Rodgers won't play this year with the Jets eliminated from playoff contention. So, Will, I'll just throw this to you here. There is a lot of talk that Rodgers was going to come back, and now he just isn't through all his rehab. So just... It's a weird situation, so I'll just start. Like, what's your take on how all of this played out? So, yeah, I love this because, to me, just watching how this is all unfolded, it's been just a whole lot of pomp and circumstance, a whole lot of media stuff 
pretty much the since the day the Jets acquired Aaron Rodgers, right? This to me is just another monster marketing campaign for him. He was able to play four snaps in one season and then completely miss the rest of the season. And he was probably the main talk other than Zach Wilson of the New York Jets this whole season. All you would still hear about is number eight. And he was never going to play. I just, that was not going to happen. To me, it was, like I just said, keeping his name out there, doing a great job of keeping that image out there. That's He's Aaron Rodgers. He's still probably one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. So, you know, it was, I look at it, that way, that's my take on it for Aaron Rodgers. For the Jets' sake, it I, I feel bad for the fans. I, I really do. But, um, you know, it is definitely a down year. Did not meet expectations. Um, so, you know, Zach Wilson, we've probably seen the last of him. Who knows with Robert Sala? I think it's fine, um, you know, that Rodgers has this roster spot open and he's able to practice. Because what that signals to me is that he's getting ready and he's looking – to be fully ready to go by the start of next year. Hopefully we'll see. Um, So that's what that looks like to me. The Jets being out of a playoff spot, that kind of makes sense. Let him get some reps and get him ready to go. So next year, hopefully you can go into OTAs. And then by the time preseason comes, could have a whole different look on this New York Jets team. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you on that one. It feels like the whole thing was always just like, a media stunt kind of just keep himself relevant in the media because an Achilles tear four plays into the season he was never going to come back from that even though it did feel like maybe if they were still in the playoffs come like two in two weeks that last game of the season he was going to play but everyone knew that Zach Wilson was not leading this team to a playoff run and I feel bad for Zach Wilson he's kind of just been the scapegoat of this whole thing this whole offensive line is horrible their wide receivers, besides Garrett Wilson, have him good. Alan Lazard's been healthy scratched a couple of times. The Jets in general just were not built. Their defense has been very good this season, but this team was kind of built around Aaron Rodgers and was not setting up anyone else to succeed. And you talked about Robert Sala and uh, Hackenberg. These guys are not great coaches, but Aaron Rodgers being on this team is keeping them their jobs next year. And, I mean, I thought a couple of weeks ago there was a chance – he could come back for that last game of the season. But then when he talked earlier in the week and he was saying he's like 65% healthy, that he could still play. I do think there's a chance he goes out there on that last game of the season just to take a snap, just as a, like I told you so to like the to the doctors and stuff that said he wasn't coming back this year. Here's what I just don't like about it is that Aaron Rodgers just has to be the center of attention, doesn't he? Like, this whole, like, oh, I'm going to get this newfound surgery and I'm going to try to play by the end of the year. And then the end of the year comes and then he sees the Jets are eliminated. He's like, actually, no. Like, guys, come on. I need to be fully healed. And I'm not, like, fully healed. until Like, I just – it's just another, like, weird Aaron Rodgers-ism that was the reason. I don't – I didn't like him at the end of his time in Green Bay. And it's that's kind of starting to – creep up again and all the guys Aaron Rodgers brought in this year I mean the the Jets centered their offense and their whole team around one guy and I guess it's Aaron Rodgers how could you not but everyone that he like advocated to bring into the Jets and bring into the locker room has been an absolute disaster you mentioned it Alan Lazard has been terrible to the point where he's a healthy scratch now Randall Cobb has done nothing 
Tim Boyle was a part of the Aaron Rodgers trust tree, if you will. He got cut after starting two games of being awful. Nathaniel Hackett looks like one of the worst offensive coordinators in the NFL. Like, there's just so much that has gone wrong. And Aaron Rodgers, whether it's fair or not, can be put blame to a lot of it. I, I don't blame Zach Wilson. He was never supposed to be in this position. And I do feel bad for him. And I, it's just like, there's so many other issues too. Like, like Owen said, the offensive line has been a total disaster. The injury to Elijah Bear Tucker has been huge. And then really whoever they put out at quarterback, they just haven't gotten anything. Zach Wilson has been awful. Uh, Tim Boyle has been awful. Is Trevor Semyon starting this weekend against the commanders because Zach Wilson's in concussion protocol. What's he going to do? Probably nothing. And now at this point, the Jets have been eliminated from playoff contention, and there's just not much to look forward to. And when you look at the Jets at this point in the season, do you start having the Robert Sala conversation? Because a lot of Jets fans don't seem to be all in on Salah because the team gets penalized a lot, and it just seems that no matter who they put out at quarterback, they can't win. So I don't know, guys. Will, do we start having the Robert Salah conversation? Is he on the hot seat at this point of the year? What do you think? I think the conversation has honestly already started, especially amongst you know divisions of Jets fans. Some you know saying – Let's hold on to him. So I'm saying, like, get him the hell out of here, you know? There's there's mixed opinions. To me, looking at it on an outside perspective, I think you you can't blame one person. You If you're going to distribute any blame, it's just got to be on the whole team, you know? Aaron Rodgers goes down. You could say, you know what? The front office should have done a lot better job of preparing this team to succeed outside of him. And they didn't do that, kind of like what you guys are saying. Alan Lazard and Randall Cobb were literally brought in just for Aaron Rodgers. How is Zach Wilson going to succeed with aging wide receivers, guys who practically played their entire career, careers with Aaron Rodgers? How do you expect Zach Wilson to succeed? I think, you know, you have to really look at this hot seat thing as, you know, to, uh, to be taken seriously. Why do I say that? Because Zach Wilson has been a New York jet for three, four years now. And as a second overall pick has done nothing. Sala was brought in to help him become the franchise face. Then it took Aaron Rodgers to help that cause. And that didn't work out. So unfortunately it just seems like a whole other revamp and rehaul could be coming for the jets. Meaning new personnel behind Aaron Rodgers, new coaching staff, I, I just, I could see that coming because this year was such a disappointment. I say leave the defense, maybe add a little pieces here and there where you need, because their defense was probably one of the stronger defenses, at least especially in the beginning of the season, in the entire NFL, I would say. And then it kind of uh, fizzled out a little bit, but this offense needs serious work and it starts with Aaron Rodgers being fully healthy. I do agree with you though, Brian. It's like, what does Aaron Rodgers need more to, you know, Keep his name out there. Like, we get it. Like, we understand. We know you're Aaron Rodgers. But I hear what you're saying. There's just a whole lot going on with this New York Jets team. To sum it up for me, make sure Rodgers is healthy. Get a sustainable offensive weapon outside of Garrett Wilson and Brees Hall. And then really look at a reassessment of your coaching staff. 
I mean, they're 16 and 32 with Robert Saul as their head coach through, I think it's the third year now. So, so far, it's really not gone well. And he came from the 49ers. He's supposed to be the defensive, a defensive minded head coach. And I think right away from the start, going and drafting Zach Wilson with the second overall pick and then bringing in a defensive minded coach was never the right idea. If you're trying to develop a younger quarterback, they should have gone a young offensive minded head coach. But that's where I think it's kind of hard to move away from him is because they have one of the best defenses in the league. And that's what his specialty is. I mean, when you look at the offensive side of all, that's where the issues have been. They've had multiple offensive coordinators. And then you could also point towards Zach Wilson being a boss. So I think Aaron Rodgers really being on this team is going to buy the GM, all the coaches, another year. But another year of being bad, missing the playoffs next year, that would be their 14th straight year missing the playoffs. I think that's when they would go and fire everyone. I don't think – I think at the end of the season they should fire Robert Saul. I don't think he's a good head coach. Talked about before, they're one of the most penalized teams in the league. And week in and week out, it seems like they're getting blown out by teams, which is always the the final straw, it seems like, for every coach. is talk about the Brandon Staley era. The final straw was getting blown out 63-21. to 21. So, I mean, the Jets every single week, I think it's going to come down to these last three games. If they're somewhat competitive in them, he'll keep his job. But if they keep getting blown out, I don't see how you can keep him or the GM, besides the fact that Aaron Rodgers will be back next year. But even how are you going to rely on a 40-year-old coming off an Achilles tear to not tear his Achilles again or even just get hurt again behind this horrible O-line? I mean, that's the only thing they can really fall back on is – we thought we were going to have Aaron Rodgers this year, and we didn't. So that should buy the coaching staff an extra year, maybe. And I don't think Robert Sala is inherently a bad coach, but I think when you look at Zach Wilson just having three years to develop and just never doing it, some of it might be on him, but a lot of that might be on the coaching staff too. And this might be a good segue to our Giants talk, where you look on the other side of town, the Giants have – not a number two overall pick, but an undrafted rookie playing quarterback, and they're rattling off three straight wins. But that was until this past Sunday where uh, the Giants lose to the Saints 24-6 to and just a total dud of a game. The second half just wasn't ever really close, and it's looking like Tommy DeVito and the Giants' Lynn Sanity run, if you will, it's over. They're five and nine now. They're still not eliminated from playoff contention, but like they have no path as if they had any path beforehand. So I guess just overall, Owen, I'll throw it to you first. When you look at the Giants now, you have two games against the Eagles, a game against the Rams that were pretty good. Just like, what are you looking for at the end of the year? Tommy DeVito staying at quarterback? I just don't really know what to, at this point of the year, get excited for watching Giants football. So. Can you help me out here? What do you think? I mean, at this point in the year, I think you're kind of just looking for these younger players to develop and show signs that they can be future pieces. You've seen a lot of that throughout the year between Tibbs. He is 11 and a half sacks this season. Hopefully he can get up to 13, 14, which compared to last year when he only had three. You should look for like the younger offensive weapons that are going to be here. Jalen Hyatt, Wando Robinson need to get them more involved in the offense and see really what you have there. But these last three games... They're not going to the playoffs. They're playing the Eagles twice. They've beaten the Eagles once, I think, since 2016. They haven't won in Philly since 2016. And so Tommy DeVito's magical run seems to have come to the end. But for this Giants team, I think they just kind of have to, these last few games, see what they have in their in their offense. And on the defensive side of the ball, too, 
with the younger corners. But that's really the only exciting part. I mean, when you look at the game on Monday, it's really a win-win situation either. You beat the Eagles in Philly and ruin their season even more and win for the first time since 2016, or you lose and you get a better draft pick. Right now the Giants have the sixth pick. There's a chance they have the pieces that they can trade up if they really wanted a quarterback. But if they end up losing out, we're looking at another top five pick for a team that has a lot of question marks at quarterback, a lot of question marks at wide receiver. So hopefully the best situation for the Giants is losing these last three games, but having close games and having success from young players. Yeah, I think, you know, really looking at this full season, I had the Giants winning nine to 10 games. Definitely missed that. Very disappointed. However, there are so many positives to take out of the season. Brutal start, right? Daniel Jones, neck injury, then tears his ACL. We won't see him until probably week four or five, assumedly, right? Um, especially after you just paid him $160 million. Something you just definitely did not want to see. Then you have concerns of Saquon Barkley leaving because of the contract negotiations that didn't quite go his way. And then the season didn't quite go their way. And then he had an increased workload like he always had. Now the Giants really kind of have to pay him. So there was just a lot going wrong for this team going, uh, you know, in the beginning. Um, They were like one and five at one point. Now they're five and nine. I would say this. They're not officially out. So just go. Just go for it. Go for it. I'm still of the mind. Go for it until you are officially eliminated. Because personally, as a Giants fan, I'm done seeing them get top five picks every year. I'm done. It's just, it's exhausting. It's tiring. It started with them getting Odell and then not being able to retain him because of certain different things. And then that meant we had to get a new face and that became Saquon. And now we're already at the end of that era. I'd really not like another one to start and then in another five years at end. So I'd rather them keep Saquon and continue to build around what they've been working on for five years because they've shown the success that they can have. They just need to put it all together. I give Brian Dable and the coaching staff a lot of credit as well. A lot of adversity between, you know, the media, him and Wink, you know, with these different accusations of them not liking each other, Wink possibly departing after the season, a whole, just a lot of drama, a lot of drama going on. And they were still able to muster together three straight wins and keep themselves in the playoff race. So I would say try until you are officially eliminated. And then after that, just bag it. I would really love to see them make the playoffs in two straight years. They have to play the Eagles twice and the Rams. So the likelihood of that happening is very slim. And yes, they play very poorly against a very beatable Saints team. And that's, you know, it just, it happens. So like you said, Owen, this is a total win-win. They can either, you know, shock the world and win out and make the playoffs, or they can just bottom out and get a good draft pick and then add to what they have. So I, I, I'm really comfortable in the direction in which they will end up at the end of the season. Definitely did not live up to my expectations for this team in this season, but, you know, I, uh, I have hope for what they are putting together. I have hope for Brian Dable and Joe Shane. It's only their second year. They started out of the gate so strong and then had to live up to that enormous amount of hype and didn't. And then they were still able to rebound and put together some kind of a season. They weren't the worst team in football and they put together a pretty fun run. And also, you know, I love I love Tyrod Taylor. 
but they found a backup in Tommy DeVito. You know, they're paying Tyrod a lot of money to be the backup. Whereas DeVito, you know, they could save a little bit more money now because DeVito's only in his first year and they could spend that money somewhere else, you know? So there's just different things that this team can do. There's different directions they can go. I would, I'll conclude with, this was not a total failure of a season for the New York football giants. No. And I think that like they completely overachieved last year. And then that was going to carry over into huge expectations this year. And I think this year just kind of showed that this team wasn't like actually ready to take the next step. And they just kind of, I don't know, last year was a year that everything went right. And at the start of this season, everything that could have gone wrong went wrong. They were getting blown out every single week, like embarrassingly blown out. Daniel Jones tore his ACL. Saquon was getting hurt. Andrew Thomas missed so many games. It was just a disaster. And they were two and eight. And when they were two and eight and you're coming off like a 49-17 loss against the Cowboys, that's where the take a quarterback and that conversation happens. Because when you look at the Giants at that point of the year, you're thinking, how are they going to win a single game? Like that, like that was the conversation. They might not win a single game the rest of the year. So you credit them for being able to rattle off three straight wins. Obviously, the dud against the Saints just happened. But at the same time, they're... They played well enough with Tommy DeVito, and you know what? They had a lot of fun. So at some point, like, I don't know what's going to happen exactly. I don't know what pick they're going to end up having. They might run into a win at the end of the year, win six games, and then you're picking, like, seventh or something. I don't know, but at least this thing wasn't a complete wash. And technically, it's still not over because they can win out, and then I think they need, like, the Packers, Rams, Falcons, like everybody to lose at least two games the rest of the year. And they can get in at eight and nine. Is it likely? Absolutely not, but we'll see. Uh, on the topic, I, I mentioned the Saints and the Rams. Last night, Thursday night football, it was actually a huge game in terms of playoff seating in the NFC. And the Rams did come away with a win, 30-22. Uh, the Saints came back a little bit in garbage time, but the Rams kind of dominated this one and I think this kind of showcases what the Rams really are this offense has a lot of potential and Matthew Stafford looks like he's finding it again dealt with injuries last year and a little bit this year but now I mean he's slinging it he's doing a really nice job Kyron Williams had a big night rush for over 100 Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua I mean if you had him on your fantasy team last night uh good good for you and if you had to play against him I'm sorry, because he went off. And just this Rams team is kind of reminding me of the team that won a Super Bowl just two years ago. Just like, for don't forget that they won a Super Bowl two years ago. And I think the Rams, they could be a sneaky team, run into a win or maybe two in the playoffs. So just overall takeaways from this game, guys. Will, I'll start with you. And are these Rams a force to be reckoned with in the playoffs? I think that's a great observation, Brian, because it definitely does not go noticed enough that this team won a Super Bowl with predominantly like the same people without right. besides I guess Cam Akers and they have an even better running back in place of Cam Akers now so um Kyron Williams is a stud he 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 is so great so is Puka Nakua definitely needs to get some offensive rookie of the year consideration uh well, yeah rookie offensive player of the year um right. Matt Stafford 
I, I think another very interesting observation. Let's look at his time in Detroit. He had Calvin Johnson. Now he has Puka and Cooper Cup who are breaking Calvin Johnson's records. I think that's a testament to Matt Stafford as well. That the fact that he, you know, he has these great receivers, but he's consistently linked up with them all the time. Him and Megatron, they were one of the best quarterback wide receiver duos that you can get. Stafford and Cup quickly became that. And then early on this year, when they didn't have Cup, Puka really, like, he really showed out. And when uh, Cooper Cup came back, I was like, all right, this may be like the end of the Puka train, the Puka hype train. But no, Puka is a really, really good receiver. Puka Nakua, he just needs 147 yards in his final two games to set the record for the most receiving yards by a rookie in NFL history. Guy wasn't even a first round pick. So, uh, I mean, what they got going on over there is great and they're getting hot at the right time. Uh, In terms of the game, I watched the end of it. The Saints, you know, they uh, they've looked really good to me in the last couple of weeks. I know they they kind of scored in garbage time minutes, like you said, Brian, last night. But Alvin Kamara over 430 something yards, I think it is, and four touchdowns in like his last three or four games. Um, So, you know, another team in the NFC that has made the NFC race so tight. You have the Packers, the Saints, the Rams, the Falcons, the Bucks, higher NFC South, right? Yeah. With the exception of the Panthers, you know, everybody is in it. One of them is going to have to miss out because I think the Rams are kind of undeniable at this point. So um, it's crazy. But this game, it it was a lot of fun. I got 50 points in fantasy from Derek Carr and Chris Olave. We'll take that. Big game, though. I, I, I. no, it was 50 between the two. I got 50 from I got 20 something from Olave and 20. Did Derek Carr have a decent week? He did. He had a great week. He had like 25 for me last night. Really, really big stuff. He threw well. He threw, he threw, he threw a really bad well he threw a bad interception. He, one bad interception. He, he threw a really bad interception, but overall though, he was he was he was pretty solid yesterday. Let's wow. pull up the stats. Uh, 27 for 40, 319, three touchdowns and one pick. That pick was really yeah. bad, but that line that's pretty good, especially with the kind of adversity that he's faced and just the, the weird situation that's going on with him down there in New Orleans. Year one really hasn't been what I guess everyone has thought it would have been, but NFC really, really tight playoff wise. And it's exciting to watch unfold. Yeah. When you talk about that Saints team, I feel like they're really disappointing for it out the whole year, how much talent they have on that roster. I mean, Michael Thomas is out, I think for the rest of the year, he already went on IR. I think three or four games ago, they're 70 million over the cap next year, but it feels like the saints have been at least 70 million over the cap for the last 10 years between Drew Brees, but it's just such such a disappointing year. It felt like when they went and got Derek Carr, they were going to finally have the quarterback they were missing. And now this year, it seems like they're heading towards another missed playoff, especially with all that talent on that offense, Chris Olave, Michael Thomas, and uh, Alvin Kamara. It felt like they were going to be a lot better than they were, but it seems like it's another disappointing year for them. But, for the Rams, I do think they are uh, a sneaky pick in the playoffs, especially round one. They might be going against uh, Matthew Stafford's Lions, which I don't think any Lions fan wants to see, especially after how this season's going. Lions are finally back, and then Matthew Stafford is 100% going to go back to Detroit and beat them if if that is that if that's what it comes to. There's, there's no chance Matthew Stafford is losing to that team after all the years of misery and not building a team around him besides Calvin Johnson, but... 
this Rams team, I think, is super underrated so far this year. They have two really good receivers, and Matthew Stafford, like you were reading off the stats before, really knows how to get his guys the ball. Like he doesn't, he doesn't mess around. He gets it to his best players and lets them make plays. And they've shown that these last few weeks. I think they can make a run in the playoffs. Besides the 49ers, I mean, the Eagles and the Cowboys have both shown that they aren't in that same tier as the 49ers. So besides the 49ers, I feel like this NFC is kind of wide open. Anyone can be anyone. And this Rams team can really make a run. And I, I'm looking at this now. I didn't realize this. In terms of teams in the NFC playoff picture, and this might be the entire NFC in general. I don't know if I'm reading it wrong, but Matthew Stafford, the only quarterback to win a Super Bowl within that conference, or at least the teams in contention. I mean, that's that speaks volumes. So the Rams, they've won five out of their last six, and they're just they're just going right now. Stafford looks as good as he has, and yeah, if the season ended right now, they'd conveniently play on the road in Detroit against the Detroit Lions. That would be an awesome matchup with both teams with a lot to prove. The Lions would be trying to prove that, hey, they at the better end of the Jared Goff trade. Goff would be going up against his former team, Matthew Stafford. There's all these great storylines. So I would love to see that. But we're running out of time here, so we're going to go up to – a recurring NFL Friday segment, lock, dog of the week. You guys know how this works by now. Pick a team as your lock, and then pick another team as an underdog that you might think will upset this week. I really, like, if anyone needs a good week in these picks, it's me. Like, I, the last couple of times I've been on here, it's just been dreadful. I think Will said before I went on the air, I've, I'm just whiffed. Like, 0-4 in my last, like, four picks. It's just been a disaster. So... You We're a program-altering decision right now, Brian yeah. Maybachs. <laughs> a lot riding on this. Um, In terms of locks, um, I'm going to pick – I'm going to go on Christmas. I'm going to go the Chiefs over the Raiders. It, the Chiefs are going to win. It's a home game at, at Arrowhead. The Raiders just haven't proven much at all this year. And I think, you know what, Mahomes – the Chiefs haven't been playing a great football as of late, and they're just gonna come firing out of this one. So, Chiefs over the Raiders are my lock. Will you have you have a pick? Who, who's your lock this week? Uh, you know this one. I like that. I you know I was considering going the Razor, Raiders as my dog of the week. Oh, but I backed from that. Yeah, I, was I, I backed from that too. just because of what's going on with Kansas City. I I think there's just been a lot going on. They're very frustrated and. We know how Max Crosby and Patrick Mahomes are on the field together, but I'm not going that way. I'm going to stick with my lock. Give me the Bills. 12.5-point favorites in L.A. Saturday Saturday night game, 8 p.m. start. Um, 12, I, said, I said that. 12.5-point favorites. Uh, yeah, give me the Bills. So, you know, they need this win. They need a win against a depleted Chargers team, a team that's, you know – they have the pieces, but it kind of crashed and burned for them at the end. I can expect them to be back at more of the top with the Chiefs in the AFC West next year. Just this year, it's not going to work out. Give me the Bills over the Chargers in L.A. on Saturday. Yeah, for uh, for my lock, I think I'm going to go with the expected one. Eagles over Giants. Eagles 13.5 points. As a favorite. Giants fan, too. Oh, no. As a Giants fan, I just there's no way. I don't see a path to... The Giants winning this game, closest they've come in last few years in Philly was last year when it was a garbage time Kenny Galladay touchdown. It just does not feel like this Giants team has what it takes to go into Philly on Christmas 
and beat an uh, Eagles team that's lost three in a row. That's really going to be looking at this game as a as a must win. Yeah. And then we're running out of time, so we'll go rapid fire on the dogs of the week. I'm going to test the waters again on the dog. I can't believe I'm doing this. It hasn't worked out for me either time when I pick against this team. But, uh, dog, I'm going commanders over the Jets. The Jets are favored by three. Why? I'm picking the commanders because the Jets don't have a good stability at quarterback. So I'm picking the commanders as my dog. Will, who, who do you got? All I'm going to say is that if this one doesn't work out right backs, I think you should just stay away from the Jets until I think so. If I haven't learned already, my God. Uh, I like I like the one more attempt though. For my dog, let's go with the Colts. They're two and a half point underdogs in Atlanta. It's going to be a great game. Two teams fighting for a playoff spot. Uh, you know, I think this one could go both ways. That's why it's a two and a half point spread. But I'll take the Colts on the road. I'm going to go with the Cardinals over the Bears. Bears at home, mm. four point favorites. But Cardinals been looking good last week. They had a really good offensive game against the 49ers. Did lose big, but. I trust in Kyler Murray. He was on my fantasy team. I've been eliminated now, but big fan of Kyler Murray. I think they pull one through against the Bears, who aren't that good. Uh, sorry to hear about your fantasy team, Owen, but the Cardinals. I, I lost by 100 points, so oh I was like, God. Mm, good one. Yeah. The that's, that's not how you want to go out, but knows over the Bears. I don't hate that pick one bit, but I think that's all the time we have for today on NFL Friday. We'll be back next week recapping all the week 16 games and what's ahead in the later stretch of the season. Shout out to Grace McCarron, our producer on this episode uh, from Owen Kelty, Will Talent. I'm Brian Raybacks. Happy holidays, everybody. Merry Christmas. Enjoy the rest of your holiday season. NFL Friday is a production of WFUV Sports.